This is an RNZ podcast. Philip Arps and um, the uh, alleged Christchurch government, uh, they're, in, they're in a category of, of their very own. Uh, Selner is not a criminal. Selner was deeply conservative, with deeply conservative views, which many people will find acceptable. That was Duncan Garner on 3's AM show last Tuesday. And the man he was describing there as deeply conservative was Martin Selner, a far-right Austrian activist who as a teenager was convicted of plastering a swastika on a synagogue and as an adult leads a movement that disrupted a play performed by refugees in Vienna by spraying blood over audience members and chartered a ship in an attempt to stop NGOs from rescuing asylum seekers from drowning in the Mediterranean Sea. What you're seeing behind me was the worst nightmare of all the lefts in the world, of Soros NGOs and the whole migration lobby. As the leader of Austria's so-called identitarian movement, Silner has tried to distance himself from his openly neo-Nazi teenage years. But as that clip from a YouTube video filmed on the deck of the ship indicates with its reference to Jewish Holocaust survivor George Soros, not a lot has changed. So where did Duncan Garner get the idea that this radical right-winger, who received a donation from the alleged Christchurch government, was a deeply conservative activist whose views would be considered acceptable by many New Zealanders? Well, probably from his appearance on News Hub's 6pm bulletin the night before. Martin Selner is open about his feelings on Muslim immigration. He hates it, and he has a message for Kiwis who feel the same. I tell them that it's very important for them to stand up for what they believe and not to be afraid to stop uh, posting on the internet and get on the streets, show their face in a peaceful way, show that they're against mass migration and against Islamization. That was from part two of an investigation in the latest instalment of Patrick Gower's Because It Matters series, investigating the far right in New Zealand and overseas. And Patrick Gower told Duncan Garner the following morning he had come in for some flack for giving Martin Selner a platform to claim he was a peaceful anti-immigration campaigner. Did you meet Selner or you addressed it? Uh, no, look, I spoke to him yesterday and I do want to address that. There are people out there that are concerned that we're giving this guy a platform. Well, no, no, it's free speech. Uh, well, look, at the end of the day, he's got a platform. It's called YouTube. It's called Facebook. Yes, it's yes. called Twitter. He's got a massive platform. What I've been doing is highlighting the influence that he has had on New Zealand politics going all the he way to the National well. Party. He comes across acceptable. Yeah, I mean, he's a hipster. He comes across acceptable, and we've seen this all over the show. This is the way these guys What's roll. What's like on the small talk? You've got, you've got an acceptable face, and yep. underneath it, it inspires what, quite, what at times is, quite frankly, evil. Strong words there from News Hub's national correspondent, Patrick Gower. But with Duncan Garner repeatedly commenting on how reasonably Martin Selmer came across, Patrick Gower's two-part investigation clearly failed to convey, to some at least, just how toxic the far-right activist views are. Writing in the Washington Post last May, Anne Applebaum said... Martin Selner represents a curious phenomenon in European politics, the far-right middleman. Unlike the neo-Nazis of old, the identitarians don't wear jackboots, don't shave their heads, don't lurk in the shadows. They have slick websites, professional videos and formal organisations. And that slickness and professional approach requires journalists to provide context and background if their reports are to be anything more than a megaphone for carefully crafted far-right talking points. Patrick Gower's reports barely delved into or challenged Selner's views, providing just the briefest of background explanation. 
Selma is the leader of Austria's identitarian movement, Generation Identity. They believe in the great replacement, European culture disappearing under a wave of Muslim immigration. Gower seemed to assume that his viewers would be aware of just how racist and ridiculous the great replacement theory is, that they would know, for example, that Austria's Muslim community, many of whom are native-born, make up less than 8% of the population. In Vienna, it's around 10%, the same percentage as the Jewish population before the Nazi genocide, which saw the population slashed to just 800 Patrick Gower is keenly aware of the need to take right-wing extremism seriously. Back in May, he went on Three's The Project and made a public apology for not having done so in the past. To many of us, white supremacists were a punchline like some racist uncle you see every now and then. But I should have known, I should have known, there are heaps of uncles and nephews and sons. And while we laughed, they just got stronger and they got armed. And Patrick Gower went on to point out his own lack of preparation when he did tackle the topic. I should have known all of this last year before sitting down with Stephen Molyneux and Lauren Southern. I underestimated them on the day, I was underprepared on the day, and they steamrolled me on the day. I should have known the stuff that I've learned over the past few weeks, the voices in white supremacist chat rooms and on far-right podcasts that spit out this vile stuff with Kiwi accents. I understand it now. I should have known terms like identitarians or replacement theory or accelerationism, but I didn't know. It seems a safe bet that most of his viewers are still in the dark when it comes to what those terms mean. And once again, a far-right provocateur will be feeling pleased with the added exposure they've received. On Tuesday, RNZ's Morning Report also ran an interview with Martin Selner, and again the far-right leader grabbed the opportunity to paint himself as a peace-loving activist. As you do it with Islam, you always say, after an Islamic attack, we now need to give um, a, a voice and a platform to peaceful Muslims. You should now give a voice and a platform to peaceful patriots who are um, fighting the great replacement in a peaceful and political way. And comments like this one went largely unchallenged. What we don't want is to become a minority in our own lands. We don't want an Islamization of Europe. And we want to achieve this with peaceful me- methods, uh, creating awareness for those issues and problems. The idea that Austrians will become a minority in their own land is absurd. But with no figures or facts, listeners could be forgiven for thinking Austria is being overrun by hordes of foreigners. For the record, about 16% of Austrians were born outside its borders, compared to more than 25% of New Zealanders. The Morning Report interview isn't available on RNZ's website, and Media Watch has been told that's because of legal concerns about how the alleged gunman was referred to during the interview. On Tuesday, News Hub journalist Sophie Bateman wrote a web article under the title Martin Silner, A History of Nonviolent Violence, in which she outlined some of Silner's more objectionable behaviour and explained why he'd been permanently banned from entering the United Kingdom. But only a fraction of those who heard Martin Silner on News Hub at 6 and RNZ's Morning Report will have read her excellent piece of work. And that's a pity because it provides vital background that should have been included in those interviews. So why was Martin Silner being interviewed by News Hub and RNZ now when news of his receiving a donation from the alleged gunman was reported internationally way back in March? Well, RNZ's news peg was that he'd returned the donation to victim support in New Zealand and a charity in Syria, and News Hub introduced its two-part investigation like this. 
Kia ora, good evening. Tonight we can reveal police are investigating death threats made by a notorious white supremacist against Winston Peters. And the Deputy Prime Minister is blaming it on a fake news campaign by neo-Nazis in Europe. And News Hub went on to screen some disturbing video from a rally protesting the UN Migration Pact held in Christchurch prior to the mosque massacre. This is what can happen when people believe lies and disinformation, threats to kill. Winston Peters has a lot to answer for to the people of this country. Hang him. Hang him. Hang him. Ugly stuff. When Winston Peters was shown the video by Patrick Gower, he responded like this. The bunch of neo-Nazis in Austria were behind this, and they are. You're talking about Martin Salner, aren't you? <clears throat> William, if the glove fits, wear it. And Patrick Gower went on to report that the Deputy Prime Minister believes it's not just far-right groups in New Zealand who should be held accountable. Winston Peters is blaming this man, Martin Salner, who is the leader of the hipster far-right in Europe for whipping up hysteria with a fake news campaign. And now Winston Peters says the SIS should investigate Salna's influence here. And he has also gone after Simon Bridges, saying he has been a part of it too. Patrick Gower then linked the National Party's opposition to the UN Migration Pact and the Austrian far right like this. We believe that it will cede our sovereignty to the UN on migration. An endorsement from Simon Bridges and Salna has a message for him. I tell him he's on the right track here. I think the silent majority is on his side. Martin Selner having quite the impact. There are legitimate questions to be asked about National's stance on the UN Migration Pact, but to suggest that Martin Selner has played puppet master and is responsible for that stance is a stretch. But the next day, Patrick Gower went even further. Why has the National Party adopted the same policy as what was written on the alleged Christchurch gunman. But you can't say the National Party supports terrorism or people terrorism like what happened in Christchurch. Because uh, no, of, of course not. No, no, and, and no one, no one would say that. But what we do know, written on the gun that went into the mosque, was opposition to the United Nations Pact. Asking the National Party to justify its stance on the pact is fair enough. Framing it like that isn't. On Wednesday, the Stuff newspapers ran an editorial under the title Drop the Hate, Not the Debate, in which they explored the minefield National finds itself in as a result of joining Australia, the USA and the alleged gunmen and alt-right conspiracists in opposing the UN Migration Pact. It concluded... Our politicians can show a great deal of leadership in helping us plot our own path through the minefield by continuing to honour the democracy of debate and applying just enough weight to inform rather than inflate. Good advice, not just for politicians, but journalists and news editors too.